Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to Owning It with me, Caroline Foran. In this shorter, super short solo episode, I want to share with you 10 helpful mindset swaps or ways to perceive anxiety that I believe will make a huge difference to you and take you such a long way to that feeling of owning it rather than it owning you. If you find this useful, please do think about joining me over on Substack where you can access so much more written content from me with lots about anxiety specifically to come. You will find me there at carolineforan.substack.com forward slash subscribe or you can just follow the link in my episode notes. I promise you it is worth it and I don't say that very often. In the meantime, take a moment for yourself with this episode. I will be back next week with another great guest but I really do love taking time out with a solo episode now and then. I think it's just really important to just reflect and give something a little bit more attention or have a reminder that we need. And please do reach out if there's anything that you think I should dedicate an episode to. I've always been open to this and some of my best episodes have actually been ones that I never would have thought to do myself and were suggested by you. So let's definitely make this a two-way street. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and let's get to it. Some of these may be familiar to you, so just consider them necessary refreshers. Some have been helping me for years and altogether they just form a really good reminder, the kind of thing back in the day I would have liked to have printed out and stuck on my wall. And I, to this day, would still sometimes need to bring myself back to these. And also, please remember, I am not a traditional expert, nor have I ever claimed to be. I'm a writer, an author, a podcaster, as you know, who has been in the trenches of anxiety. I know what it feels like. And I've spoken to, probably at this stage, hundreds of world-renowned experts on the subject. So while I don't have a piece of paper that says I know what I'm talking about, from my own experience, I do know. And what I say here is what I've learned and what's really made a difference for me. So don't take it like as a prescription from a doctor. (laughs) Just consider it, and if you think it would help, great. And if you don't, just move on. 
So apart from addressing the practical reasons why you're struggling with anxiety, such as something in a job or a particular relationship, assuming there is something that you can put your finger on that explains why you're feeling it, how you perceive anxiety is perhaps the most important thing. In fact, I consider working on your perception of anxiety as very much a part of addressing it, like it is a practical thing. Because at least for me, when my anxiety was at its worst, how I thought about anxiety made up for a huge percentage of my actual day-to-day suffering. How do I know this? Because when I changed the things that had triggered the anxiety in the first place, which was a job, I still didn't feel any better. I left the job, I moved things around, and I expected the whole anxiety experience to just lift off me and evaporate, and it didn't. And I now realize that I was only really scratching the surface of beginning to address anxiety because I still, I didn't remotely understand it. And the way I thought about it, the way I perceived anxiety was so unhelpful and so damaging and so all over the place that I was afraid of it. So I kept my experience of what felt like really chronic anxiety to the point that I was really sick every day. It just kept going and going and going. Here is the thing. You can spend all the money you have on various treatments and therapies and you can relocate yourself to a different country if you think that would help. But until you deeply understand anxiety and why you're feeling it and develop a healthy, balanced perception of it, a perception of it that sees anxiety for really what it is and not this thing that has taken over you or not seeing it as just who you are or that it's entirely your own fault, you won't get anywhere. So let's just start there, I think. Number one, stop describing yourself or perceiving yourself as just a definitively anxious person. You are a person who feels anxiety sometimes, as is every single one of us walking the earth. There might, of course, be times in your life where it feels as though it defines you and I was there and it was dominant for a full year and then a good bit more after that it never defined me and my biggest fear was that it would that I would always feel that way I personally don't think it's helpful to adopt phrases like oh I have this generalized anxiety disorder well I know it's very common to be to get that kind of diagnosis but for me those kind of labels attach onto you something that is can be more transient and we're really all capable of experiencing this generalized anxiety or more acute anxiety and there are times like I said when it can be more disordered if you want to use that word but just because you go through a period of time where anxiety dominates does not mean that it's going to or has to dominate the rest of your life and if you think of it as something that's just who you are instead of a feeling that comes and goes sometimes I think you're giving the anxiety too much power And I think it really helps to separate yourself. The starting point is to separate yourself from the anxiety. You are not the problem. This experience of anxiety is giving you a problem. Number two, it's just energy passing through. And I did a little video on this on Instagram and I got such an overwhelmingly positive response. And it's such a helpful idea, I think. And my friend Joe said it to me many years ago when I was really feeling anxious and I thought I understood why I mean I did understand why I was feeling anxious and I thought I'd addressed it but I was still just feeling it and sometimes we're so 
focused on trying to figure out what's going on, why it's going on, and to a certain degree that is really helpful. But sometimes we can be cognitively aware of what's happening, but physically, from a physiological perspective or emotional perspective, our body's just not there yet, we're still feeling it. When you can't figure out what's going on, or even when you do know but it's still lingering, it helps to think of it as just energy passing through because that's really all it is the the energy created from these hormones that's rising in your body that will fall and move on again this further helps to separate yourself from the anxiety as you are just a person and the same way excitement can come and move on happiness can come and then settle down again this feeling of anxiety comes and it passes through if you can just think of it as energy passing through It helps to make it easier when you're feeling it in the moment. It helps to detach yourself from it. It helps to stop blaming yourself. And it helps you stop from trying to fix it in the moment because it's not something, like I say, once you're aware of it, your body needs a moment to just recalibrate and let that energy settle down, let those hormones settle down. So there's a big gulf I found between knowing what's going on, being acutely aware of what's going on, and expecting yourself to just feel better. So remember that going forward. Sometimes it's so helpful to just say, it's just energy passing through. Today it's just with me. Tomorrow it might have washed over, like like weather. Number three, this was a biggie for me. Anxiety is not there to harm you, even though it feels that way sometimes. It is there to protect you. Anxiety, believe it or not, has your back. I used to perceive it as like a virus that had just taken hold and I was just helpless, a victim, waiting for it to just decide to leave my body. And I remember actually equating it to something like paranormal, like as if I'd been possessed by anxiety and I had no control. There was nothing I could do about it. But your anxiety is always there to to try and help bring your attention towards something it's what I think about it now how I think about it now is like an alarm system that can of course be a little oversensitive at times and it's an alarm system that you can help to regulate and you can help to learn when something is really worth sounding the alarm bells for when it's not but the alarm in your body this fight or flight response is only ever trying to keep you safe so thinking of it as something that's on my side that's trying to protect me the hormones are trying to keep me safe instead of thinking of it as this dark sinister harmful thing took a lot of the fear out of it for me and there's one thing about being anxious about something tangible but when you get into a cycle of being fearful of the anxiety itself that can really send you down a path of of getting stuck in it so thinking of reframing it as something that's there to support you which it is and something that's there to to keep you safe because that's your your mind and body's primary goal above all else is, is just guaranteeing your survival that takes the fear out of it for me cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Number four, anxiety pretty much always serves a purpose. So when you feel it, turn towards it. It's trying to bring your attention towards something that is possibly too much for you, not right for you. Maybe it's trying to tell you that you need a break or that you just need to take a minute and process something that's happened. Maybe there's a lot on your plate right now. Maybe you're in a situation that's not serving you very well. If you try to just ignore it and turn away from it completely, you give it more power, you create more tension and more resistance in your mind and body. If you try and think of it as serving a purpose that is like a puzzle you need to, or you can figure out, and like I said earlier, it's not always something you can figure out, but it helps to to pay attention to it. Like when I was feeling it at my worst and my body was like screaming at me. It was like, she's not getting the message. She keeps going and she's not listening to us. She's not realizing that this is not serving her well. This is so out of whack with her values. So these days I think of anxiety as a compass. And I did an episode dedicated to this before. A compass, again, is something that's not sinister. It's helpful. It's practical. It's kind of neutral. It pops up to steer you back towards equilibrium when you've gone off track. So when you've gone off track into a friendship that's actually quite toxic or when you've gone off track into working too many hours or when you're deep into worrying about something that you care deeply about that's when the compass can come along and say hold on a second let's redirect let's bring ourselves back to what matters and that brings me on to number five another way of thinking about anxiety is that it keeps you really clear on your values and if you can take the time to get clear on what your values are set them write them down know what you're about then anxiety can become an even more useful tool and if you're not clear on your values what I think is worth doing is recognizing what's going on in your life when you feel anxious because usually it's saying what's happening right now is out of sync with your values so it could be when I was in that job the style of working or the ambitions or the drivers the motivation was out of line with what I wanted or what I believed in or how I feel uncomfortable in a particular person's presence. If I feel like I'm not at ease, then that's my anxiety popping up to say, "Mm -mm, this is not right. And my values become clear to me then when I realize that because 
the kind of people I want in my life, the relationships I have, and the quality of those relationships is a very important value of mine. So when anxiety does come along, if it's kind of lingering and persisting, have a think about what as a compass it's trying to direct you towards. And when your values are in line and you live as much as you can in accordance with your values, and your values are kind of like your North Star, then the anxiety is less likely to sound that alarm, okay? Number six, lead with your personality, not with anxiety. So this is a really helpful tool and something I put in my first book many years ago now. And it's always to know the difference between your personality and anxiety. So whenever something is coming up, like, okay, going on a, a trip away or this this presentation you have to give at work. So, okay, well, that's probably not a good example because a presentation at work is probably something you can't get out of. But something like going for this job, going for this new opportunity, making this change, ask yourself the question, would I want to do this if it weren't for anxiety? If I felt no anxiety at all, would I want to do this? If the answer is no, I still really wouldn't want to do it, then that is your personality talking and you should respect that. It's so important because you are your own person. You have your likes and dislikes. If you get into the thinking that anxiety is the reason that drives all of your behavior and that you need to smash through everything in order to make sure anxiety is not in the driving seat, then you don't really know who you are or what you're about or what matters to you. So I can say with confidence, when it comes to something like going to a three-day festival in the jungle or woods or wherever, something like that, when I was in my early 20s, I would have said, oh, I need to do that. I need to like if I can't do that, then anxiety is in control. And if I'm not able to do that, then I'm not living my life to the full. And I was, I had a really warped perception of thinking that I had to be a certain way in order to not be anxious. But actually, if I ask the question, is my anxiety driving this my personality? It's my personality. I have no desire to do that. I love my comforts and maybe it has been informed by my experience of anxiety, but I know that it's just Who I am now is someone that likes a certain level of comfort. I have no interest in being in a tent all night. I have no interest in drinking that much alcohol to that extent all through the night, being around that messiness. It is just not my vibe at all. And I respect that. And if it's something that I said, oh no, I really would want to do it, but I'm just afraid, then that's the fear driving your behavior. And that's something that you'd want to push through. But it's really important to ask that question and to be really honest with yourself, because if you push against your nature and your personality and you put yourself into situations that just don't feel right for you because you're trying to prove a point to your anxiety you'll just create more tension and you'll feel more cognitive dissonance between how you feel inside and what you think you should be showing on the outside so be unapologetic about your personality your traits what you like what you don't like and always come back to that question if it weren't for anxiety would I want to do this if the answer is no listen to that If the answer is yes, then you can work around it. Number seven, stop thinking that getting to a point of not feeling any anxiety means that you're done or you're okay or you're fine now. You can be very much okay and managing really well and living your life to the full and still feel it from time to time. I used to measure how well I was doing based on how long it had been since I last had a panic attack or had a wave of anxiety as I would call it. And it was very much about the further away I got from it. But this made me fear the slightest inkling of anxiety because to me back then feeling a hint of it meant I had gone backwards, meant I had failed, meant I had to start over again. So it warped my sense of what it means to feel anxious. 
And this fear of having a setback or starting again or going backwards or unraveling is so common with those of us who experience anxiety quite often. But there is no going back. You are only ever moving forward. And what's really helpful to me is that each time, when I got to the point of being able to say each time I feel anxiety, I can learn something new that I can then apply the next time. It's always more, you're always gathering more data. You're always experiencing more stuff that will help you get closer and closer to owning it. So I got to the point where I was able to say, when I do feel it, it's actually kind of helpful because it helps me, it adds to my toolkit. When I got to a point of truly owning and owning anxiety and knowing that it didn't dominate my di- my daily experience, it was because of this. It wasn't about having figured out how never to feel anxious. It was knowing that if an anxious feeling does come along, I was not afraid of it. I could use it. I could, it was my fuel and I knew how to handle it. I knew how to just downregulate it. And ironically, when I stopped living in fear of if and when anxiety would just pop up out of, out of nowhere or give me a fright or jump out from behind a corner, the anxiety was less and less likely to actually come along. And I also, when it did come along, it stopped feeling as intense as it had done. So the way I'm describing it there is as if it's like, again, something sinister, something that you have no control over. And that fear fuels it and keeps it going. Go back again to the idea of it being something that serves a purpose, something that's got your back. And therefore, it's not something you need to measure in terms of your success is not measured by, or your owning it is not measured by how long it's been since you felt it. It's when you do feel it, what do you do about it? How do you handle it? And that you know, okay, this is what it's doing. This is what it's telling me. This is what I need to pay attention to. This is what it says about me because it doesn't say anything about you as a person. And that brings me on to number eight. Swap out your question of what is anxiety saying about me to what is this anxiety saying to me? And why is that helpful? Well, for so long, I focused so much on what my experience of anxiety said about me to the rest of the world. It said, in my head, it said, I'm weak. I overthink everything. Oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm going crazy. I'm not okay. I'm different. I'm never going to be okay. I'm never going to be like everyone else. And that, as you can imagine, was just more fuel on the fire. It was just a snowball gathering pace. I'm jumping from metaphor to metaphor here. When I stopped and said, hold on a second, forget about what it's saying about me, because actually I am not anxiety. It doesn't say anything about me. It's a feeling that I'm going through. It's the energy passing through that I'm with right now. What is it saying to me? That switches you into a far more practical action mindset where you can actually do something about it and get proactive. And once you feel like you're being proactive about anxiety, you feel a lot less fearful. You feel a lot more empowered. So again, not what is it saying about me? What is it saying to me? Well, it might be saying to me, In to give you one example, it might be saying that this friendship that you thought was important to you might still be important to you, but actually it's doing you harm. It's making you feel inadequate. It's chipping away at your confidence. It's making you doubt yourself. It's it's making you wilt. And I say that because that has been a, an experience of mine recently that I had to pay attention to, even though I didn't really want to. But I had to say, instead of thinking, oh, this anxiety I'm feeling is making, is just 
proof that I'm, I need to get a grip and I'm crazy and it's, you know, it's, I'm the problem. I was able to say, well, what is it saying to me? It's saying that even though I think I want this friendship, even though this person might think they mean well, it's having an adverse effect on me and it's not good for me and I need to pay attention to that. So just as a recap, what stops, swap out saying, what is this anxiety saying about me to what is it saying to me? Number nine, when you do feel it, and this is probably the most important thing and the hardest thing, you have to let it wash over you. And this is a practice called flooding, which I've discussed a lot with Dr. Harry Barry in our various episodes. So root yourself to the ground, say, okay, here is the feeling, it's here for a reason, it's not nice at all, but I need to let it happen. My body needs to feel this, I need to pay attention, this energy needs to pass through. The adrenaline and cortisol will reach a peak and then fall away within a matter of minutes. Dr. Harry Barry says it's like seven to nine minutes max and that peak has already troughed, if that's a word know that you'll come out the other side of this. The sooner you let the feeling come and pass through, the sooner it will move on and the less intense it will feel and the less frequently it will then happen for you because you won't be fearing it or trying to resist it or stop it from happening in the first place. Number 10. This is where you have real power and where I think you can really put the cherry on top of owning it and that's how you speak with yourself and how you care for yourself in the aftermath of having had this surge of anxiety when I used to have panic attacks or when I'd be in a bad place, I would just fall into this black pit of believing again that there's something wrong with me, that I need to get a grip, that I need to fix this and how am I going to fix this? And I was so self-critical and really, really hard on myself. And I thought that would just kind of snap myself out of it. I just wanted to just snap out of it. And that is not how anxiety works. We've all, I think, largely grown up with this belief that being hard on ourselves will somehow motivate us into action or motivate us to just like I say snap out of it and I've said this a thousand times but when you launch an attack on yourself when you're already feeling vulnerable it's the worst thing you can do for anxiety it's again like throwing more gas on top of the fire and you only wind up producing even more stress hormones that just keep the feeling going what that fire needs is water and that water comes in the form of soothing self-compassion And this is not an airy-fairy idea, it is scientifically proven, and I'm, you know, the subtitle of my book originally was The Bullshit-Free Guide to Living with Anxiety, and I'm very wary of bullshit and things that might prey on your vulnerability. Self-compassion is not one of those things. It's not just a case of, just be nice to yourself and it'll all be okay. It's scientifically proven. So you say to yourself, you poor thing, that was really hard, or this is really uncomfortable, this is not nice, this doesn't feel good. It's hard to feel this way when you're at work or when you're trying to parent your child or when you're trying to sleep how can I help myself what is the one thing I can do right now this second to make myself feel more comfortable or just even a little bit better what can I do for the rest of the day that might help can I cancel something can I change my plans can I put myself first how would I treat a friend who felt like this right now how would I treat my own child if they felt like this swapping self-criticism for self-compassion immediately down-regulates your stress response and it triggers far more soothing chemicals in your body. And if you want to learn even more about this point in particular about self-compassion, look up my episode with Dr. Kristen Neff because she was the the first person and woman, which is also great, to operationally define self-compassion and she goes into a lot of the, the, the science of it. So that's it. 10 ways to think about anxiety, 10 ways to talk to yourself about anxiety that will, in a nutshell, help you really own it. And remember, owning it doesn't mean never feeling it. It means allowing for it, 
welcoming it even, knowing how to respond when you do feel it, which in time will reduce its power and will reduce the frequency of its likelihood to pop up in the first place. I really hope that you found this helpful. As I said, I think it's really important every now and then to just take stock and regroup and bring ourselves back to basics. And a lot of what I've said here has been nuggets of of what I've learned through the podcast and through the conversations I've had with various experts and stuff that's come up again and again and again has been really helpful. So yeah, I hope that you're able to um, apply this and I will write um, a version of this in a, in a more concise form over on my Substack if you want to go there and have access to it so you can read it often if you don't have time to listen. Um, so yeah, just a reminder on that, I'm at carolineforin.substack.com forward slash subscribe and I will get that up this week for sure. Thank you so much and take care and mind yourself. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top you can sign up right away for owning it real time and access the full library of 10 situation specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.